You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. Happy day. Happy day indeed. Welcome to another episode of my podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon. And today I'm going to be talking about a topic that I have been talking about non-stop. But I haven't quite done a whole podcast on this topic. But anytime I'm interviewed, which is several times a week, the conversation keeps getting steered to this chit chat about harmonizing the feminine and the masculine energies. If you've gone to my website within the past couple weeks, you've seen that it's completely new. And I have a free book on there. Uh, called The Four Pillars for Femininity for the Masculine-Minded Woman. So today I'm going to be going over what this masculine-minded woman is, but not to fear, if you're a guy and you're listening in on this, it's going to be applicable to you. So I'll be talking about relationships with the feminine and the masculine, how we live in a hyper-masculine world, stepping back into your flow, the feminine flow. But still holding on to appreciating and using your masculine nature. So even if you're someone that's like, I'm not a masculine-minded woman, I'm a fierce feminine goddess. Well, well, sweet. But maybe even you can look on the opposite end and think about how you can maybe step more into that headstrong, disciplined, logical side of yourself if you want more of that. But before we head on over, as always, let me review. Let me review my own show. Let me read the review of the week. This comes from Warm. I'm sorry. Wow. Okay, this comes from Sarah Hoslender, who says Warm Fuzzies with five stars. This podcast never fails to inspire me and make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, like anything is possible. I always walk away ready to take on the world and follow my heart. Thank you, Maddie, for keeping it real, sharing from your heart, and inspiring others to follow their truth. Keep it up, lady. Love listening to you and your beautiful guests. Sarah, you are so welcome. I love that. Warm and fuzzy feeling podcast. I think I hear a rebrand coming on. Just kidding. I won't name that. But thank you so much for your sweet comment. It means so much to me. A few announcements before we step into the podcast femininity flow. Um, Let's do a warm and fuzzy shout out to the podcast sponsor. And that is Four Sigmatic, who is one of my favorite health companies. They make an incredible mushroom powder mix, all different types of mushroom concoctions like reishi and chaga and lion's mane. And one of the main questions I've been getting recently about this 
is, does it taste like mushrooms? People will tell me, I hate mushrooms. Does it taste like mushrooms? Nope, not at all. It tastes like, what's the best way to, it tastes very, um, tastes roasty, I guess you could say. To me, it tastes like coffee, pretty much. It's like roasty, warming, uh, not so much rich, but in a way, in, in its own weird way, it's kind of rich. But it's very, very, very delicious to drink. It is not a struggle at all. Like, it's something you want to drink like your morning coffee or your morning tea. But with tons of benefits like mental clarity and focus and energy and stamina. And that's one of the things that I have been really wanting to improve. And that is my mental clarity. I've noticed recently, for whatever reason, maybe it's because it's April and there's so much activity and energy, I've been feeling a little distant in my mind. It can just kind of wander off into space sometimes. So I like drinking their mixes because it really does give me that extra boost. So if you want to try it out, you want to check out all their different um, bags and and little mixes, check out by going to the link in the show notes for this episode. And whenever you find something you want to try, I highly recommend the uh, hot cacao mix because that's freaking delicious. It's like drinking hot chocolate. Like, no joke, it tastes like drinking hot chocolate or the Viking mix. You can enter Maddie, M-A-D-D-Y, for 10% off. Other news, the retreat, the Confidence Revival Retreat is coming up, you guys. The last day to sign up to register is April 24th. The event is in Massachusetts at the gorgeous life-changing, delicious venue called Kripalu. This is where all-star leaders, healers, gurus around the world lead their own retreats, and I finally decided I'm going to give it a go. So it's going to be at Kripalu in Massachusetts. So if you're up there, New York, Massachusetts, anywhere around there, I highly recommend you go ahead and um, give it a go. Like, look at everything that's provided at this retreat, yoga, dance, workshopping, soul sister time, art, hiking, food is provided, uh, accommodations. It's going to be such a magical experience, May 14th to the 18th. So if you're already up there and your heart is feeling a little tug, go ahead and sign on up because I know if you're looking for a reason to think your way out of it, you'll probably find one. So don't overthink it. That's my rule of thumb for retreats because it definitely has a weird way of challenging your self-worth when you put down money for nothing but pleasure and you have to take a leap because you really have no what idea no idea what's going to be brought forth what you're going to realize but I will tell you I have never had a woman come to a retreat that walked away saying she didn't feel like there was a transformation in some area of her life that took place so if you want a revival of some sort of spirit soul confidence energy this is going to be the place to do it. And I have really awesome sponsors for this show. Justin's Nut Butter, Four Sigmatic, um, Plum, Plum Tea, Plum Deluxe Tea. I, I need to make sure I'm saying this correctly. But it's going to be amazing. I'm making my own specialty tea blend for you guys. And one of my favorite artists ever is making some really amazing journals with a unique design just for us, for everyone coming. So I'm really excited. It's going to be awesome and if you have any questions any financial concerns do not hesitate to reach out just let me know and I'm happy to see if I can help work with you to make this happen because I want you there I really do last piece of news is that I am 
opening my coaching practice to two people. So if you are interested in working long-term with me for six months or 12 months, you can go to the link in the show notes for this or just go over to my website and go to maddiemoon.com slash coaching. Read all about my coaching, the testimonies, what is provided, what you can expect, and ask yourself if you are feeling ready for this next step because it is a big commitment. It is going to require you to uncover and journal and write and express and learn more about yourself so that you can reach that next level in your life. I would love to see if we would be a good fit. So if you feel like this is something you would be interested in, go over there to that page, fill out the application and we'll set up a free clarity call where I will get to know you better to see if you are a good fit for me and you can get to know me better as well. Okie dokie, time to step into the podcast of feminine and masculinity. I will say if you're wanting after this, if you're wanting to get more and more on this, listen to the interviews that I am being interviewed in because I go over so many different aspects of this, but I'm going to try to do my best to do it here today. For some reason, I am just really easily in the flow whenever I have someone asking me questions and I can really take the center stage and just roll with it. But sometimes whenever I'm doing these on my own, my mind can get pulled in so many different directions. So if you want more and you're like, oh, I wish you'd touch on this part more, listen to the interviews where I am being interviewed. I share those on my Facebook fan page, Maddie Moon. All of those are found there. I've been interviewed over 200 times. So if you're wanting to dive into that, plenty for you to listen into. All right. So first off, let me talk a little bit about my background because this is going to give a good base understanding of what it means when I say a masculine-minded person, aka a perfectionist. So I was raised to be, I was raised in a very loving household, very, very loving, very caring. My parents were figuring it out along the way, but I'll also say that I was raised in a very religious conservative household where I was given so many rules to follow. And every year, every year I got older, there was a new rule, a new rule, a new rule. Sometimes we backtrack where I would get some freedom and then it would be taken away from me and I'd have all these different rules and it caused me a lot of stress. There were rules, (laughs) there were contracts I had to sign about the way I was going to dress or the kind of person I was going to date. I would have to sign them. Like there were some pretty intense, rigid things that I had to experience growing up and I think a lot of it goes into and into my religion honestly like the way that it was portrayed to me in my life it wasn't so much of a feeling but more of a following of things that I had to check out or boxes I had to check off the kind of people I could be friends with this and that and I had so many boxes to check and so many rules and regulations that it stressed me the heck out And I became very addicted to this idea of control and living inside of these check-marked boxes. And again, I'm going to say it one more time. My family was extremely loving. They were doing the best they could to protect me and make sure that I hung out with the right people and I had good influences and I was smart and I stayed with my studies and I played a lot of music and I had good examples in my life, but of course, and in, in the way that I was born, and I, 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 I very much fell prey to, to internalizing these messages. And I also, I will say, I don't know if I've talked about this often in the podcast, I also had OCD as a kid. My food couldn't touch. I had a chronic fear of choking. 
Uh, so I'd always have to have water around me anytime I had food even near me. I, you know, those little outlets on the wall. For some reason in my mind, I thought that like I couldn't walk past an outlet. So I'd always have to, in my mind, it was like there was a laser beam coming out of the outlet and I'd have to walk over it. Like I could never walk just straight past when I had to walk over it. Weird things like that. Um, I would go around at nighttime and loosen the faucets and then tighten them, loosen and then tighten them. Same with the locks. I would go around the house and loosen and lock and then loosen and then lock a couple times. So yeah, I was kind of a crazy kid. Like I was, I was doing some odd behaviors and odd things, but for me, I didn't really realize it at the time and neither did my parents, of course. But as I got older, I started to realize how desperately I relied on control and feeling safe. Notice the lock and unlock and then faucet and the faucet and the chronic fears of drowning from a faucet being on or the chronic fear of the door being unlocked and a stranger coming in or choking. I had these chronic fears like they were so overpowering. I had to do systems in order to feel safe. And as I got older, those things started to go away. My food could touch. I could mesh the mashed potatoes with the peas and I didn't have to go around locking and unlocking all the doors quite as much. But I that's only because I had other behaviors that made me feel safe aka my eating disorder being able to not eat or to um, purge or to eventually when I got into orthorexia and just control so I in my mind to me this is what this is how I would identify myself as a masculine-minded woman there are different sides of of this when you hear masculine mind you might just think someone who's like in the army or someone that's really tough or a go-getter or determined for me when I say masculine minded when I'm looking at my own past I think of someone who is in control headstrong determined disciplined but manifested in through its insecurities So a masculine minded woman who doesn't have these insecurities would probably be more on the scale of someone in the army, but someone who has balance, someone who's just go getter. But whenever the masculinity is formed via insecurity, it comes out through the ego and it comes out through fear, not love. So for me, it came out and manifested through control issues, perfectionism, anxiety, depression, and that is ego-based masculinity or insecurity-based masculinity for a female. This can happen in various ways. So for a man, if he is living his masculinity through fear, it also could, could come out through insecurity. It could come out through being um, having to compensate for your for your feelings of inadequacy by acting all tough and acting like there's hatred towards women or downgrading women, um, disregarding them. That's how you feel powerful. So that in a sense is also insecurity based masculinity. And then there's this with the feminine as well. Like if you're living your femininity throughout fear, you might be trying to feel adequate through sex or through the, uh, repression or, or um, exploitation of sex or your um, or being petty or being feeling like you need to be in the popular group of girls in order to feel loved and worthy so many different ways there's we could go on about this forever but for me the way that this was through us through perfectionism and this happens with a lot of people perfectionism seems to be a very easy easily accessible way to feel in control of life to feel in control of your direction of how people see you all right so let's talk about how this created issues in my relationships 
once I started to cling to fitness as my coping mechanism for needing control, and also keep in mind I'm a Leo, so I am very center stage, lavish me, love me, I am everything (laughs) in some kind of way. I'm not totally all Leo. I'm not very materialistic, which that can be a, a sign of a Leo, but I am totally full on with being center stage and the leader and loyal, all of those things. But when it came out back then, before I really understood what was going on in my life through these insecurities and the perfection and all that, I was running on autopilot. So when I was getting into fitness, it was a perfect match for me to be like, I want abs. I want to be working out at the gym all the time. I want to be hardcore. I want to be seen as one of the dudes. I don't really get along with girls that well. I don't really care about eating cake or chocolate or wine or whatever. I'm too good for that because I got abs and I'm tough. That was my mentality. I wanted to lift more. I wanted to have more muscles. I wanted to be stronger. I wanted to be seen as one of the guys. I was so, so, so opposed to my curves both physically and emotionally. If there was a curve in my life emotionally where I maybe I was thrown a, quote, curveball in my emotions, I would feel very defensive or I'd be on the offensive and I would want to put up my walls and my barriers and say, don't feel emotion. It's not a big deal. Don't care about this. He doesn't really like you anyways. It doesn't matter. Don't act like you really liked him. He's just a dude, whatever. You know, so I would have these very insecure thoughts that were essentially trying to protect me but doing the opposite they were making me hardened they were keeping me disconnected from women from my mother from girlfriends I could potentially have I remember back then girls would ask me you want to be workout partners and I would be like no that's that's my time to be me and to be free like I don't really do well with workout partners I'd also have those big old headphones on. I'd always look down, wear a hoodie. Like I wanted to be seen as tough. And that's what tough was to me. When it came to relationships, I won't say that I only ever dated sensitive men because I can think of a couple examples of guys that were not that that um, fit or that stereotype, so to say. But for the most part, my masculinity attracted men really in their feminine. So I was very determined, very strong, very uh, vivacious and assertive. And I would attract men that were very emotional, very much like water, very fluid, very open, very vulnerable. And they saw in me the strength and said, I want that. Be my girlfriend. And I saw in them the softness and said, I want that. I don't have that. Come here. Be my boyfriend. And while in theory this sounds like it could potentially work, Opposites attract. Why didn't it work? It didn't work because I had not first accepted the sensitivity and soft with softness within myself. So whenever it came up in him and it wasn't convenient for me, my insecurities flared up. All the limiting beliefs I had around sensitivity flared up and I wanted to change it in him. I would say, stop that. You can't do that. That's not right. Don't be like that. And I don't necessarily know. Yes, I think I think they did do that with me as well in certain ways. Whenever I would kind of take the lead, they'd be like, you can't do that. Don't do that, blah, blah. And I think here in this instance, I was probably the one that was a little more harsher because I had so much crap connected to sensitivity. So much crap. And now you might be wondering, okay, well, 
I used to cry a lot. So does that mean I have crap about sensitivity? No, that doesn't mean that at all. I cried too. I felt my emotions totally, but I had judgment against them. So you can be a crier and you can technically be sensitive and be emotional and still be someone who has issues with that. So I would be emotional and I would cry and I would feel my feelings back then, but I would feel shame and guilt for them. It wasn't fluid. It wasn't open. It wasn't free flowing. I would do those things, but then I would say, you're weak. You're not tough. You're this, you're that, which would probably make me cry harder and feel worse. So the ultimate goal for me last year when it came to relationships was to start to step into my own femininity, to feel softness and sensitivity and not be angry about it, to actually feel it, to allow myself to have curves in my life, aka give up control, surrender, be open, but also have curves curves physically. Look at my body and appreciate anywhere it's curvy. Appreciate my body for who what it is and not have any judgments about not being hard or bony in this certain area. Instead, be soft and be billowy and be okay with that and see the beauty in it and realize that a man, the kind of man I want, so I should say, was attracted to his opposite. So if I was with a guy who was hard and had abs or or didn't even have abs but he was strong has more muscle than me then he probably craves something soft and so that helped me at the time now it doesn't matter what a man wants I'm me for me but at the time that helped me to at least start to get my footing and become more comfortable with the softness okay so now you're probably thinking Madeline when are you going to talk about the feminine and the masculine and what they actually mean so here they are Most qualities are divided into being feminine or masculine. One way you can think of it is the yin and the yang, left brain, right brain, water and fire. And the masculinity is also known as the warrior. And some of the qualities that could go under that are self-disciplined, self-motivated, logical, structured, talking, pushing out, action, doing things yourself to do it right, doing things right, um, using common sense, let's see, um, very self-motivated, whereas the feminine, otherwise known as the goddess, is magnetic, receiving, pulling in, nurturing, caring, creativity, listening, community-oriented rather than self-oriented, Mother nature, water, whereas the the masculinity is fire. And so I lived my life as fire all the time, being very proactive. And what I wanted to learn was how to be more like water. When life gives me a curve, I go with it. I, I go around the bend and then I move forward and I go around the next bend. There are times in my life where I have had to learn to be more like water while still staying in touch with my fire. So one of the things I want to talk about, I know sometimes I've said balance probably. Balance, the feminine masculine. I don't really mean balance, so I want to make this very clear. It's not about balancing these two energies within yourself. It's about harmonizing them, about learning when one needs to come forward and the other still exists, still stays within you, but doesn't have to be the leading role. For example, My period, my menstrual cycle is very much aligned with the moon. Every full moon, I get my period. It's 
pretty freaking incredible. And this only started happening once I started to accept my sensitivity, my softness, my curves, my intuition. When I started to accept those things, I started noticing my period was getting closer and closer and closer to the full moon. And then it became on point. The The night before the full moon or the night of the full moon, normally, it's really weird. I didn't start noticing I was doing this until recently. I start craving warmth, like a bath, tea, music, candles. I just get really sensual and I just want to like, oh, I want all those things. And I just want it with myself. I just want to be with myself. I feel, I feel sad a lot those nights and that's very comforting to me. So I'll do these rituals without even realizing my period's coming. It's about to be the full moon. Now I'm starting to realize it, but before I would just start craving these things and so going back to the harmonizing aspect that I was talking about in those days I'm harmonizing my feminine my masculine I'm allowing my feminine to come out a lot I'm allowing to come out and free flow and take over in the most loving way possible does that mean I'm not strong does that mean I'm not assertive anymore heck no it just means that there's a part of me that needs to be fed and it's my self-love and my my need to feel held, even if I'm just being held by myself. But then there are other days where I have deadlines and I've got four coaching calls and I've got things to do and I've got podcasts to record and I've got structures to create or calendars or schedules and I need some structure. That is when my masculine comes out and I allow it to come out in whatever kind of degree it needs to come out. But I'm, am, I, am I not in touch with my softness anymore? Am I not in touch with my feelings and my sensitivity? No, it's still there. So I have no judgment when it flows, when it's fluid. When I need to be fire and I'm in Cambodia and people will not leave me the heck alone, I got to say no assertively. That doesn't mean I'm a mean person. I'm still soft and I'm still deeply available to love with these people, but I got to be assertive as heck. No, stop asking me. I'm not buying those sunglasses. Or if someone's trying to get me to give them money, if I'm on the street in Europe or whatever, like I've got to be assertive to know you can't mess with me just because I'm a woman traveling alone. But then when I'm in my feminine and I'm in Bali and I'm, oh gosh, I'm underneath the awning at the, uh, the, yoga, the yoga barn there and I'm feeling super connected to God and I'm just in my feminine flow and I want to just shake my pelvic floor, like whatever, I'm totally in my feminine. I'm still, I'm still assertive, I'm still the same me. I'm just learning how to listen to these two different opposites that come together to make me, me, a, a, a flowing, functioning, soft, strong, assertive, receptive, magnetic, talking, listening goddess slash warrior. I'm all of it. When it comes to relationships, and this is different for everyone, but the type of man I want to draw in is the opposite of the feminine, but is still in touch with the feminine. The kind of man that I used to draw in, I, I have done a lot of work so that I would not draw them in. I wanted to first accept these things within myself, but I also didn't want to attract that kind of man anymore. It was helpful so that I learned, wow, I have issues. I have limiting beliefs around sensitivity. That helps me a lot, but that doesn't mean I was like, okay, let's go back to that. Because what I realized is when I am with a highly, highly emotional, sensitive man, I naturally ground more to balance his lightness. 
This happens with friends. This happens with partners. It doesn't matter who it is. If I'm with someone who's very, very, very light and highly in tune with feeling every single feeling, um, then I become grounded. It's just natural. I just, I balance it out. And I don't want to be that way. Um, I don't want to be that way. What my friend recently said is that these, these kinds of men are typically called snags, sensitive, new age, sensitive, new age guys. So very new agey, very sensitive. And while for some people that's exactly what they want, Hey, I've got nothing. I have nothing wrong with that, but uh, this is me talking about my needs since I'm naturally fire and proactive and intense. It makes sense that I want a man who can be more of that so that I feel ready to take in the opposite. This logic might not make sense to everyone, but it makes absolute perfect sense to me. If I'm with someone that is more emotional and sensitive than me, I'm going to stay in that fire zone all the time. But if I'm with, uh, with, with for me, when, I, when I'm a fire and I'm with a fire, I, I feel more prone to back down and be more of the water because their nature makes me want to balance it out because that's how I am I'm very intuitive and I'm very much I feed off other people's energy so it it doesn't really make me more fire when I'm with a fire it makes me more of the water so I've learned this about myself and I look for a man that's even more so of that than me so that I feel really comfortable taking in the opposite so things I look for I look for someone that is very strong emotionally, but very available to emotions and to empathy and to feeling. I want a man in his feminine as well. I want him to be sensitive and soft, but I want him also to not be afraid to take the lead when some decision needs to be made. Or he can be very self-motivated if he wants. I can be the one that's more of the nurturing. We both play the parts. Now remember, this is harmonizing, not balancing. I'm not looking for a man all in his masculine, not in his feminine, because I don't want to be someone all in my feminine, not with my masculine. My masculine has served me well when it comes to business and making, making shit happen in this world. So I will always have both those parts, and I want a person all in those parts. I've realized that more and more with each relationship because I've been with a man who is like 110% in his masculine and even looked down on guys in their feminine. That is a warning sign. If a man has a dire need to be strong at all times and never feels like he can talk about his emotions, chances are he's not going to be open to you having yours. It's the same thing I talked about earlier. You want a partner who has accepted that thing within himself that he sees in you that he wants. So if I attract a man who sees sensitivity in me, now that I have it and I'm okay with it, and he wants that, but he hasn't accepted it within himself first, same issues as before. So I need a man who sees that stuff within me and says, I want that, but he's also like, and I wanted it in with myself. So if you find someone, a partner, a woman, a man, whatever it is you're looking for, that has a draw to, uh, to qualities in you that he does not surface level have make sure he has them she has them deep down and he, and they have come to terms with it so look for warning signs if they say like oh a, a, a man shouldn't be like that or woman shouldn't be like that that is a warning sign and I will be the first to admit that at one point when my partner said that oh a man shouldn't be like that I was like yeah yeah be a man should be strong they shouldn't be sensitive yeah tough and that was because I was so turned off from that sensitivity in my previous partners. But I, I soon realized, I soon, soon discovered, no, that's not, that's not right either. You want someone that's open to all areas of the spectrum. 
someone who's open to the strength and to the softness because when you're soft, if they look at you and go, oh yeah, she's got sensitivity and curves and she's fluid and I want that because I don't have that. When it comes up in your life, when you're feeling emotional and it's inconvenient to your partner, they're not going to be there to understand or try to understand or be open to it. You follow what I'm saying? They're going to look at that and say, ooh, I don't get your emotions right now and I don't really want to. And sayonara, see you later. So find someone who is your opposite, but also has the opposite. It doesn't have to be the qualities that are full force in them, but they live there and they have no judgments about them. So I look for for men who have that strength and I don't look down on the strength in me. And I look for men who still have the softness, but I can fill out the softness more. This is a lot to follow and to understand, but it's it's depth. And trust me, guys, I'm still learning so much. So I wanted to give you some key components to stepping back into your femininity. If you're feeling a little disconnected, one of them is to be more with mother nature. What better way to learn about the mother and you, even if you don't have kids, than to be around the ultimate mother. So suggestions, get plants in your apartment. When I went through my breakup recently, I was feeling really drawn to plants. It was weird. It wasn't like, I feel like I should be around mother nature so I can get back in touch with myself. I felt like plant, 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 plant. Where is plant? And I got myself a plant and it, it's freaking gorgeous and I love it. And I just want to be more with mother nature. So dive into mother nature. The next one, community. There's something very beautiful about community. And I think that there's two sides of the coin in the self-help world or maybe just in the mainstream world. But one side is community is great. Get involved. Yeah. And then the other side is be everything you need. Be it all. If you need to rely on other people, you're weak. You're weak. No, 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 no. If you feel drawn to community and you feel like you need support, not want support, but actually need it, that's okay. In fact, that is how we are made. Gosh, I wish so badly this podcast could just be shared with everyone in the world because I want everyone in the world to understand community is in us it's necessary we need community we we're made to rely on each other self-reliance is okay to some extent but it's not absolutely natural if you go back all the way to our forefathers and foremothers they had to have community in order to survive they were not in a tribe they wouldn't have enough food they wouldn't have enough shelter they would be left out in the cold to die and to starve it is in our bones to rely on people. So find yourself a community. I have had it really present in my life to find myself a community of at least three women in Boulder close to me that are my soul sisters and we tell each other a lot. I'm craving that. I've got soul sisters around the world thanks to this podcast and coaching and being on other people's shows, but I want it here, physical, tangible. I have got community, you can create community through meetup groups, through a spirituality or a church or through your neighborhood or just by finding people at happy hours that you really click with and then follow up with them, ask them out, go to brunch, like create these bonds and be vulnerable and open with them. Another one I will say to stepping into your femininity, and this can totally be said for masculinity, but animals, we all have, if you don't have a baby yet, definitely, but we all have this 
oh, relationship with animals that's just so freaking fantastic. No matter what an animal does, you love them. They can poop in your shoes and eat your homework, but you still have this unconditional love for them. And I think that your relationship with your animal is a great way to look at your relationship with a partner. Sometimes they're going to mess up, but you still have an open heart with them. So I think animals teach you a lot about how to forgive and how to love and how to have unconditional love and joy. Another one is to allow yourself to date. That helped me to step a lot into my femininity is to date and to, to feel, to learn more about the kind of partners that I want. I highly recommend you get the book Attached if you're going through a, a growing pain of dating and relationships. We talked about this in the Mark Groves episode. I'll include that link in the show notes with Mark Groves, one of the best episodes I've ever done. But Attached has been the most eye-opening book I have ever read. And if you're realizing that it's time you start to look back in your relationships and see what has gone wrong, highly recommend you get the book Attached. It will teach you so much about you and your dating and your dating style and your attachment style. The last one is to start leaning into your feelings more. I was on a podcast recently and they asked me for action steps about stepping into your femininity. And I was like, how funny is that? It's so masculine. Like, what are the action steps? Give me one, two, three. So instead of thinking like, what are all the different check boxes I can check off for stepping into my femininity? Think about how can I lean in more? When I feel a longing or a calling or a desire, lean into it. If I feel a longing for more community and then, I, and then my, my brain starts saying, you don't need that, you're tough, you don't need community, you can do everything on your own, lean into the feeling of wanting that community, but also lean into understanding and questioning why you feel so against that. Question things, lean into them. When you feel longings, listen to them. Your longing is one of your greatest superpowers, Lean into it. You've been ignoring it for too long, babe. Lean into it. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to apply for my one-on-one coaching where we can uncover these more. I have so many stories of working with women one-on-one where I just ended a six-month period with a woman who at the end of our at the end of our six months together, she started laughing and just said, I'm I'm looking around my my office. She's a lawyer, and so she's very into that masculine, the structure, and, and we had to undo a lot of that, the belief she had around proving her worth through her work ethic. And by the end of our time, she just looked up and started laughing, and she said she noticed that everything in her office used to be decorated with, like, black and white stripes or very minimalistic or nothing, and now she's got pink and gold curves and curvy fonts, and she's like, that is so weird, but this is a reflection of what's happened on the inside with me. It used to be straight and rigid and structured and just black and white and now I've got pink around and I have curves around designs and she just started laughing because it was so different from her nature and that also really exemplifies her life she turned down a promotion at work because she knew it would mean more hours and she was already struggling with limiting her self-care time and her time with her husband and she wanted more of that she wanted to start putting her self-care first, loving her life more, feeling more sexual and sensual and loving and easygoing and flow and stop trying to prove her worth through her work. And we, she succeeded. It was incredible. And I have so many other stories that go along with this with women who are nurses or in the Marines, just very 
very determined, strong women, but who felt a slight disconnect with their sensitive side. So if you're wanting to connect back with her, apply for my one-on-one coaching or come to my retreat May 14th to the 18th. You can check all of those things out by going to the show notes for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm really happy with this episode. I was kind of nervous because there was so much I wanted to cover and dive into and there's so many different avenues to take with this but I'm very happy with all the different places that I covered so I hope this resonates with you if you want to continue the conversation you can go to the mind body musings podcast tribe on Facebook and start a convo there or leave a comment on the show notes for this episode which is episode 148 see you guys soon and have an awesome rest of your week (laughs) 